Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for mo- the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at even a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. It called action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 217 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wild Wednesday. Here we go, folks. Special guest for you today. The champ is here. That's right. Ice Force champion Daniel Amesbury is on the show today. And uh, not only do we talk Ice Wars, but we talk his entire hockey journey. Um, through junior in the Pacific Junior League, setting a penalty minute record, and uh, to pro in the Southern or to his professional career, the Southern Pro League and the Central Hockey League, as well as a little lacrosse talk, and then of course we get into ice wars. So I won't talk to you cats for too long today, because Daniel and I talked for quite a long time. But uh, before we get going, hey, I got to I got to pay some bills around here, right? We got to got to talk about the folks to keep the lights on. Um, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a podcast for you. Um, for my off-network friend, we got, of course, I got Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast, you know, and his dog Puddles. Um, yes, definitely check his show out. Um, he just had Chris Ortobody on. 
uh, from the, an East Coast, a youngster out of the East Coast League. And, uh, but not only that, but Alec has a tremendous back catalog. Segroy, Bylois, Rob Ray, on and on. Um, I always say, I, I don't like giving the kid too much credit, but I will. He, he's done a tremendous job and I'm glad he's, uh, he's back at it podcasting here and I know he's busy. Uh, you know, young guy just got married. They just moved to North Carolina. I mean, you know, just got a new dog trying to train him. I mean, uh, life's hectic over there. So, uh, trying to find time to podcast can be a little grueling, but, uh, I know he wants to sort of, you know, obviously become, you know, uh, get a regular schedule going. So, uh, look forward to that. But I'm actually going to have, I was talking to him today, um, uh, in the next, uh, week or two. Um, I am going to put out an email or not an email, a post, uh, in the groups and stuff on social media. And, uh, I think we'll talk about the young kids. I'm going to ask about, uh, get every, maybe a top 10, maybe a top five. We'll do a top five, top five, uh, toughest guys in the East coast league from this past season. And, uh, I'll put it out to the fans and, uh, you know, a secret email me here and, uh, I'll add up like I did with the, uh, LNH and, uh, people's top tens. I've done those episodes and uh, we'll see what the people say, who the top five toughest dudes in the East Coast League are. And uh, I'm going to have Alec on and we'll do a show about that and, uh, and break that down. Because that's uh, much more into his realm than mine. As people know, uh, I'm not a, I don't pay much attention to current hockey anymore. Although the East Coast League did have my attention a little bit this year. Uh, but if you want to watch the East Coast League fights, Alec has a, a YouTube channel, Five for Fighting at YouTube. Um, he actually uploaded a majority of these Coast League fights from this year. And uh, Kyle Newber, Newber, there you go. Inside joke, you got to be there. Uh, Glotz, Gagnon, Howe, um, Anthony Collins, lots of tough guys in the league this year. And Alec got their fights up. Look, Some good stuff. That I uh, highly encourage you to check it out. And while you're there on YouTube... It's a little thing for you, but it's it's a big thing for for us creators. If you could just hit the subscribe button, that'd be it'd be great. It'd definitely help Alec out. He's trying to get to a thousand subscribers. It's a big it's a big deal in the YouTube community. So if, I think he's at eight hundred. He's he's cruising right now. He's almost there. So if you could uh, do that, that would be outstanding. And if you're on YouTube while you're at while you're on YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, check out my channel, subscribe to it as well. Um, I have over 2,700 videos on there from all the leagues. Uh, just type the little search engine, NHL, OHL, WHL, AHL, whatever league you're looking for, uh, type it in. I have everything sorted, so boom, it'll come up. But uh, yeah, if you're on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook, give me a follow, send me a friend's request, what have you. I'm always putting up videos and pictures and uh, and, and that type of thing, so uh yeah, give me a follow if you're uh, on social media. Um, if you uh, if you have any comments about the show, um, like I was saying, I've, I, I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, just uh, if you're on social media, obviously send me a direct message through there. If you're not on Facebook or Twitter, you're smarter than the rest of us. But uh, uh, send me an email: hockeyfights at hotmail dot com. Doesn't get much easier than that. Uh, hockeyfights at hotmail dot com. Send me an email, uh, comments, good, bad, otherwise. If you have a story to share, if you want to come on the show, if you have a story you think the listeners want to hear, I'm always down to listen to talk with fellow fight fans and and absolutely. Or if you have a player in mind that you'd like to, you think they'd be good on the show, absolutely, drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. But uh, yeah, guys, um, like I said, I'm not going to talk uh, very long here. We'll get right into the interview. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was fun talking to Daniel. I met him briefly in Edmonton at the Ice Wars contest, but. At, at, like I said, after it was done, I mean, he was every which way. Everybody wanted to talk to the, talk to him, right? So um, 
I didn't, I didn't bother him for too long. Just kind of introduced myself, said hello, and congratulated him. That was about it. But uh, told him we'd talk later. So it was it was nice to uh, you know give him a couple of weeks to you know to uh, decompress after the 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 fury of of uh, winning. And I know he did a lot of shows and press and stuff, and uh, and uh, let him kind of re- uh, catch his breath. So it was fun to uh, sit down and and like I said, not only talk ice wars, but uh, his his whole hockey journey. So. And, uh, and, it, and it's a real inspirational story. And I know he, you know, he talks about it, goes through some, he went through some tough times, but, uh, he's battled back and, and, uh, going forward here for, uh, Ice Wars 2. And, uh, I don't know, folks, I've been, I've, you know, and Dan, I, I'm not putting this on, I didn't, I actually just saw this on social media, uh, right before I hit, re- hit record, um, that, uh, Ice Wars 2. It uh, looks like it'll be back in Edmonton, and I'm seeing it early August is the, uh, I believe August 6th is the date I saw. Now that's just, uh, you know, don't uh, don't chisel it in stone or start booking your plane tickets or anything until it's officially confirmed. But that is the that is the word on the street. As I said, Daniel did not tell me that. I saw it somewhere else. So I'm not going to put the heat on Amesbury here. I don't need uh, I don't need Diamond Hands uh, working out his frustration out on me for uh, spilling the beans. It was not Daniel. It was uh, it was someone else. So, but uh, you know, I can't reveal my sources. But that's what I'm hearing. So it looks like we're going to have a second one. So I'm really looking for, and if it is indeed in Edmonton, as was stated um, by the source here, um, I will be will be packing up. I, I guess I got another, not only that, but I guess I got another IKEA trip in me here. So, <laughs> oh well, we got to go back. Apparently, we got to return some shelving anyway. So here's here's my excuse. Not only can I go back to IKEA to return some shelving. But I'm going to see Ice Wars again too. So hopefully I can win the money again in the in the casino. That was nice the last trip. Paid for the trip. So hopefully I can do it again. But uh, anyway, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, as I said, if you're a friend of Daniel's and this and you're you know you're tuning in for him or that you're new to the program, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, as I said, this is episode 217. I have plenty of episodes in the back back catalog. Check out. Tippin, Justin Sawyer, Curtis Swanson, Dean Mayrad, John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, on and on. Go comb through the back catalog. I, I have a lot of great uh, past guests that uh, I think you'd really enjoy hearing their stories. And uh, I do this show twice a week, Wednesdays and Sundays. And uh, if it's not player interviews, I'll have fellow fight fans on, and we'll we'll talk about different. Uh, you know, just recent, just the last couple episodes, I had a. Probert or Dave Brown, who was number one? And we just have fun little debates like that and talk old-time hockey. And, and like I said, uh, if you're a, if you're an old-time fight fan, uh, this is the show for you. Um, but like I said, there's a million podcasts out there. And the fact that uh, you chose to listen to this one, I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you stick hope you stick with the show. I hope you enjoy what you hear. And uh, and you come back and, 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 like I said, check out the back catalog. And then going forward, uh, put it in your uh, podcast listening rotation. But... Uh, how about I shut up? Let's get into this. With the champ, Daniel Ainsbury. Enjoy, and I'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here on the Fourth Line Voice, a special guest. The champ is here. The first, the first champion of Ice Wars, Daniel Ainsbury, is on the line. Daniel, how you doing today? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, well, hey, man, I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Um, well, I was just saying before we got going, uh, you know, we're kind of just talking a little Ice Wars here, but... Uh, um, for the listeners out there, of course, the people that tuned in saw you win, saw you win it there at Edmonton a few weeks back. Um, but before we get to Ice Wars and all that stuff, 
we, we'll, we'll let's talk about your journey to get there and your career and that type of thing. Uh, where were you uh, born and where did you play your minor hockey at? So I grew up born and raised in Maple Ridge, British Columbia. Um, played all my minor hockey in Maple Ridge. Grew up there um, pretty much, yeah. Played all the way through there. Went into junior and then uh, played junior in Maple Ridge and then in Abbotsford in the PIJHL. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up basically cruising through and, and uh, kind of making a little bit of a name for myself um, through junior and fighting and stuff like that. So, Well, uh, growing up, were you always sort of a, an aggressive kid? Did you always enjoy the fighting? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say I was an aggressive kid. I was, I've always been pretty, like, you know, I liked, I liked the physical stuff. I always liked contact sports, and I liked, you know, I was always down to fight. But I wouldn't have considered myself like a aggressive kid i was always pretty you know i was a little crazy i guess you could say i was always the one on the street jumping the big jumps first and just a little bit of a thrill seeker i say i'd say more than anything um so yeah it kind of led me into this like my dad kind of grew up he grew up in east van he grew up you know i'd hear all these stories of him fighting and stuff like that and and it kind of I guess it kind of like nudged me in that direction a little bit where, you know, he was a jail guard as well. So I ended up kind of, you know, liking the fighting and hearing all these stories growing up of him and his friends and playing sports and this and that. And then as time went on, I think I was trying out for a junior B team. I was, I don't know how old I would have been, maybe 16 or something. And, uh, I, you know, it was weird because I was like, I played hockey enough to know that there was fighting, but I didn't really, for whatever reason, think about like, oh, I could just fight my way onto a team at that point. And uh, I was playing junior, I was in trial, I was in a tryout for junior B, and we were playing another team as an exhibition game. And uh, I remember getting into it with his, the, the captain of the other team, he was like 21, I think. He's an older, he was like a, you know, oldest he could be in the league. And uh, we got, we both got 10 minutes and we're sitting in the box, and we're chirping each other, and he's like, oh, I'm going to beat you up. As soon as we get out here, I'm going to beat you up. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm fighting. I had a cage at the time, too. So then we get out, and next thing you know, I hit, a, I run him. I get him with a good hit, and then he right away drops his shit and peels my helmet, and uh, I ended up beating him up pretty bad, actually. And we end up I can't, we end up in the dressing room, whatever the game is over or the period was over, we got kicked out or something. And then I'm in the dressing room and the coach comes running in and he's so, I'm, I'm honestly thinking like, am I going to get in trouble? Cause I came out of minor hockey, right? Like I've been in fights in minor hockey where, you know, you kind of get suspended or whatever. Right. And you yeah. know, just coach comes running in and he's pumped. Holy shit. We didn't know you could do that. Oh, you're like sign here pretty much like right away. You know, he's like, you know, you got that in the tank, like, we'll work with you. You know, I was kind of a bubble player defenseman, right? So they're like, okay, we'll we'll sign you and figure it out. We'll, we'll make you a player. And so that was kind of how it started. And then it slowly progressed into um, another time where I ended up, I guess, later in the year, I ended up, we were down, down in the game. And the toughest guy in the league was on the other team. And I look at my coach, I said, hey, I want to fight Bradshaw. <clears throat> like just like no you're not fighting bradshaw like i don't you know I don't want, basically i don't want you to get hurt and i'm like listen we're down i think it was six two i was like i'm fighting bradshaw put me out <clears throat> and he's like are you serious are you sure you want to do that and i was like yeah i do yeah put me out <clears throat> so he's like all right aims go out with so-and-so and so-and-so and he lines you up with bradshaw on the right wing <clears throat> and he says when i was leaving the bench my coach goes aims hang on like hey just make sure you get a good hold of him 
I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then I ended up pumping Bradshaw pretty good and breaking his nose. And then after that, that was it. The title was mine. And then basically kind of from there on out, that was my entity. That was how I made teams. And, and then the fuck, the ball was rolling, honestly. And that's kind of how it all really, really got rolling in that direction. And then basically from there on out, it was any team, any sport. That was, that was, I was the guy. So. Well, it was funny kind of looking at your stats there, the, the kind of the progression uh, from 17, 18 and 19 in the, in the Pacific junior league, like you said, the first yeah. year you play 44 games, you get the 226 minutes. You know, you're kind of getting yeah. into the role. You're kind of whatever. Yeah. The second yeah. year, 45 games, 368 minutes. And then in your, yeah. and then in your final season there in Abbotsford, yeah, uh, 37 games and the league record of 413 minutes. Um, yeah. I laughed that year you had 413. Like there was no one even close. I think the next guy had no. like 180 or something. Like were you just on yeah. a mission at that point? Yeah, well, because what happened was I was, I was, uh, I was, I played three seasons in that league and I was almost the, I don't know what the league record was, but I know I was just destroying it. And, and, and there was a newspaper article that came out that said in my hometown, I was actually playing for Abbotsford, but the newspaper article came out in Maple Ridge where we, I used to play play against them. Right. And it said, will he hit 1000 penalty minutes? And I was at like nine something, maybe like, I can't remember what I was at, but in three seasons I was at 900 and something penalty minutes. So when I seen that article, I was like, well, I guess I got it now, <laughs> you know? So, so I know like the last few games of that season, I was on a mission to get my thousand penalty minutes and I was at 900 and something. I don't know what I was at, but I wasn't at a thousand and I had one game left and we were playing against mission and their mission coach said, whatever you guys do, nobody fights Amesbury. He's not getting a thousand pins. And uh, near the end of the game, someone that I grew up with in Maple Ridge was on the other team. He was a fighter. And he, all game, I'm like, come on, you got to go me, Desi. You got to go me. He's like, no, I can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. And I, they had some some rule in that league, too. If you fight in the last 10, it was like an extra whatever. So the last 10 minutes come. Usually nobody's fighting in the last 10. And I'm like, Desi, you got to go me. got to go me. And finally he goes, okay, fine, we'll go. And so I scrapped him, and then I think I finished with – a thousand seven and three seasons. Yep. So, lots of fights. At that point, um, in your final year there, when you were uh, you playing junior, do you have any sights set on like the pro game at all, or are you just sort of living in the moment? No. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> no, not at all. Not at all. I didn't really. It was like, see, that's the thing, and that's the thing I would. Li- I want kids to understand that, like. You know, it, the dream was gone at that point for me. I was kind of just playing. It was fun. The boys were playing. We'd go party and hang out. And it was more about just, you know, the the, the party, really. You know, yeah. like, I, I never thought there was – I didn't even know that there was leagues that I could play in after that, you know. Like, I, I wasn't even aware of, of the lower pro leagues that you could play in to get your – I thought when junior was done, I'm done. That's it. Like, as soon as junior's over, I'm done. So – that was kind of the mentality I had, and 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 uh, I remember I finished, I finished that season, and it was kind of you know like when you've done your junior year and you think you know hockey's done for me basically is how it felt, right? yeah. what I thought right, and it was you know kind of a sad thing like I'm done, my junior's over, and I think I was working up on the pipeline, and uh, and yeah I, I was working on the pipeline, and then I actually got a phone call from well, you know Anthony Collins. Yeah, yeah. So Anthony Collins calls me actually, and me and him played together in junior. And uh, Collins is always a really tough kid, and he and he messaged me, 
he said, hey, uh, I'm going to try out for this team in Vermont. You should come with me. And I was like, what? Like, what, the fuck? what do you mean, man? You're still going to play? Like, what, where could this be? And what league could this be? It was the federal league. Yep. And I was on the pipeline. I had some. I had a bunch of money saved up. So I was like, well, fuck this. Screw it. I'll just go try out for this team. When I get cut, I'll go to Montreal, party my face off, and go back to work. That was literally my plan. I didn't have any. I didn't think at all there was any way I was making this team. So I was like, all right, let's do it. And then next thing you know, I end up in Vermont. And then I actually did. Vermont didn't really sign me. They kind of just kept me around because they knew I had money and they didn't have to. They could just kind of keep me around and. Everyone else, they had to get a paycheck to stick around, whereas me, I could kind of afford to stick around, and then when they needed me, they'd put me in. So what happened was uh, Danville came into town to play against my team. My team hadn't signed me yet. They were just putting me on, like, three-game contracts and shit. So I signed with Danville, and I fought my roommate twice that night, and he just got sent down from the SPHL. And so when I beat up my roommate, Morgan James, then I got called up to the SP right away. There and then that was kind of the beginning of it. And the next thing you know, I'm in the SP, won the championship in the SP. And then the next year I end up in the Central and then the Central again. So it kind of, it, it happened quick for me and it kind of came out of nowhere. So, but it was cool. And I, and I really want to share that with, you know, anytime I talk to young kids that are playing junior, you know, especially when they're near their end of the years, it's like, Hey, just so you guys know, this is not over. If you guys want to keep playing, you know, some people don't hit their prime till they're 24. Yeah. So it's like if you're done playing hockey or, you know, some people, well, maybe not, let's, let's not say hit their prime, but some people hit a major athletic development in those later years in their 20s, right? Or they're, you know, 24, 25. Sometimes it doesn't happen until even later. So, so to stop playing at 21 for some of these guys, you know, they might be missing an opportunity there. Whereas if they get that extra season or two, they might hit that or they get, get their stride and then all of a sudden they figure it out. And next thing you know, they're in the NHL. So that's another thing I like to tell these kids when I when I do see younger kids or I train at this hockey facility, these younger kids are there. Like, there's so much hockey out there. It's, like, endless. So it's, you know, and that's something I never knew. And uh, I don't know if, if everybody knows that. But, you know, you can take the hard route uh, and, and you can definitely do it. You know, there's lots of guys out there that got to the NHL undrafted. So, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's. It's definitely something that I wish I knew when I was younger because it probably would have changed the way I played and it probably would have had me devoting a little bit more time into getting better when I was in junior rather than just chasing girls around and drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The, uh, well, it's funny, like you said, right? You're in Danville playing in the Federal League, kind of, you know, and, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, Columbus is picking you up, the Cotton Mouths. That's pretty, uh, yeah. I mean, that organization's, you know, it's been in the Central and maybe different leagues, but that team's been around for a while. And, uh, yeah. and all of a sudden, your first year in, you're winning championships. You're thinking, you must be, holy shit, this is pretty easy. I, I, just, yeah, roll, well, I just roll in and I'm winning champ. I'm getting a ring and <laughs> here we go. Yeah, it was awesome. And like going from Danville, when I was in Danville, man, like that place is a shit show. Like no offense to that organization. I don't even know if they're still going, but fuck man, they had us packing houses and, and it was like, it was, it was bad. Like it was like we had blow up mattresses all over the whole house and uh and it was i'm not kidding it was it, we were walking over people to get into the kitchen in this house and 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 thank god i was on such a long road trip with the team and that's how i ended up getting to uh so i played like i think i don't know six six or seven games at danville and then by the time we got back to danville 
I remember calling my dad. I was like, dad, I don't think I can live with like this. And I'm like, this is really bad living conditions. Like I can't live in a house with this many guys. Like I had money at the time too. Cause I just got back from the pipeline. So I was like, do I rent a place? Like then what, then what's the point of me being here? Cause it's just, it's going to be too expensive. Like I'm going to be losing money. Like, is this really what I want to do? Blah, blah, blah. My dad's like, Oh, just hang on. Don't worry. Like someone's going to call you up. And then it wasn't even a day later. My dad calls me back. He's like, Hey, I got a phone call from this guy that some guy called the house. I think it was Brad Prefontaine, the assistant coach of the Columbus Cotton Mouse, and he, he couldn't he couldn't figure out how to get a hold of me. He called my house and got a hold of my dad, and then my dad called me. He's like, "Call this guy," and I called him, and he's like, "Yeah, man, you're like, you know, get up here." And I look, I talked to a couple of guys, and they're like, "That's the best place to play in the SP. They got tons of money, and you know, and they really take care of their guys and this and that." So I was like, just ecstatic to get the hell out of Danville. And go uh, get the get the hell out of the federal league. Honestly, it was like slap shot when I when I was playing there. Yeah, or I think our we pulled into Brooklyn one time and our bus was on fire. We had no bus driver. We had no coach. Both of them got fired on the road trip. We it was just a. I could go on about that story, but we were pulling into Brooklyn. The bus is on fire, and then our our owners wouldn't get us a hotel. So next thing you know. When I get that phone call, I am just so happy to get the hell. I didn't care where I was going, man. I, I'll take me out of wherever I'm at. <laughs> so, and then we end up winning a championship. And obviously, Columbus is amazing. They take care of all their guys. And you know, it, it, to this day, that was one of the best organizations I played for. You know. Yeah. Well, before we get out of Danville, there are a couple characters I want to ask you about. Uh, a couple guys I noticed their names there: Chris Affinati and, and Joe Pace. Yeah, yeah. So I played with both those guys, and uh, they're both in Danville. Yeah, so I got to spend some time with them, and they're both just obviously the Wildcats. Joe Pace is a hilarious dude, really character guy, great guy to have in the room. I really like the both of them. Both of them are really good, good, good dudes. So I've been watching Joe Pace here lately. He looks like he's been fighting more than he ever has. <laughs> well, even that Jason Schmidt, I think they fought ten times this year. Yeah, yeah, right. So just... that's cool, man. Like, good for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you get to Columbus, and like you said, you, the the guy who gets a hold of you, uh, well, your coaches are even tough in Columbus. I mean, you got Brad Prefontaine, who, uh, you know, he played in Columbus for a few years and uh, wasn't afraid to put up the penalty minutes. And then, of course, you had yeah. minor league legend as your head coach, uh, Boom Jerome Boom Boom Bouchard. What was he like? Boom Boom's a beauty. Like, still to this day, one of my favorite coaches. Like, I, I could just think of a smile on his face right now uh yeah that that was a really suitable place for me to play like just like i say it was i had all the all the support in the world to do what i did and i actually learned a lot from from jerome and, and priests just uh just when and where to do it when to pick my spots you know and and they helped me develop as a as a player as far as well they number one Another side of that story is I was a defenseman in junior. I was a defenseman. I, I think I had two goals, two assists, and, and four fights in seven games when I was in the federal. So I don't know if they looked at my stats and just called me up or, or what, but they thought I was a forward. So when I got down there, I get to practice, and, and, and they're like, oh, and they're like, Andrew, what the fuck are you doing lining down with the defense? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm a defenseman. And you could see them look at each other like, oh, shit. Okay, well, they're like, you're a winger now, buddy. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I don't even know if I can catch a pass on my backhand here. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm like, all yeah. right. 
So then Jerome spent so much time. He coached the shit out of me, man. Like after practice, he would line up behind the net with all the pucks and he would just take clappers around the boards and just ring, ring pucks. And I'd pick them up on my backhand. And I don't know, I was probably doing a hundred pucks a day at the end of practice. And he, he just turned me into a really simple winger and just taught me the most simple game just to get by and be able to do my job. And, and I got to give so much credit to him for getting me to where I got to and, and helping me develop in that sense. And also too, he also gave me some really cool insight just on the psychological side of the game. I don't think, you know, like not many people do know that side as well. And like, basically I was always just a tough guy and I always fought heavyweights and I was, I'm a really nice guy. So I just line up beside guys and be like, Hey man, you want to fight? Yes or no? Like George LaRock style. That's what I did my whole life. Just a heavyweight, right? Like that's kind of how heavyweights do it where he kind of taught me the other side of it. He's like, well, man, nobody out here is scared of you. The only people that are scared of you are the guys that have to fight you. He's like, you got to be a little bit unpredictable. He's like, you know, throw a dirty hair or do something to get people looking over their shoulder every time you're out there. And I was kind of like, what? What do you mean? He's like, just, you know, Matt Cook, Brad May. He's like, watch these guys play. And I was kind of like, man, really? He's like, listen, you want to you go you want to go to the NHL, you're not going to be a Bob Probert in the NHL. You just aren't. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. Like, basically what he said, right? And I was kind of wow. like, holy shit, okay. And I, and I really did, at first it was hard because it's just never been, I've always just been the honorable, clean player. And then I kind of thought, I'm like, all right, well, I do want to get to the next level. So I took that, that advice and I started being a little bit more unpredictable. I, I put a couple goal scorers in check, jumped a couple guys, and then, and then I didn't have to do it anymore. After that, every time I was on the ice, everybody's looking over their shoulder. And you could see the difference when I played. We won a championship that year. Guys were looking over their shoulder whenever I was on the ice. They weren't even worried about scoring a goal. They were either worried about taking my head off or they're worried about me taking their head off. So I learned that side of the game from them, and then I ended up getting called up because of it. And that's pretty much what I did in Essential League, too. You know? like, I was still fighting all the heavyweights, but I was in the ears of all the goal scorers, and I made sure everybody was pretty much trying to take my head off all game and were more worried about what I'm doing than, than scoring goals. And, and it was so effective. And like I say, I got to give Jerome tons of tons of uh, credit for that because it, it did get me to the next level. So, well, yeah, and like you said, you're still you're 35 games. You had 34 fights. You know, you led the league yeah. in, in penalty minutes yeah. and and, well, and yeah. fights. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, right off the go there against Pensacola, you had the three fights to to start your SP career. You and, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, three fights in one day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple of the names that came up a few times. Um, well, he he was a BC guy. He played with the in Penticton in the BC league, and you fought him. I think three times that year was Mike Towns. Oh, Towns! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a couple with Towns. I'd like to go another round with Towns, to be honest. I still <laughs> haven't got my way with him, but yeah, no, it was good. We had a couple good ones. Uh, maybe he'll show up to Ice Wars one day. I'd be happy about that. Well, one guy that I thought might show up at Ice Wars, and you fought him a few times. Um, you guys are very similar in your styles with Sicard, Dennis Sicard. Sicard. The card was a oh, the word I wanted to say <laughs> I probably won't, but the card was a bitch to fight, man. Like he was just he had he didn't wear shoulder pads number one, and he's just a smaller guy, and he'd wear these big jerseys. And I just remember I couldn't tie him up. Like I just he just I I always had trouble with him. So I fought him I think maybe three times. I fought him twice in one game. He broke my nose pretty bad actually, but. uh 
But yeah, no, Sakarja, he would be really great to see at Ice Wars, man. I'd love to see a guy like that. Yeah. Uh, show up. But he's, he's a tough motherfucker. In the, he would, he would do really good in this next division if he did the cruiserweight tournament. I think he'd be one of the guys to watch out for. Absolutely. Um, another guy. I don't know what he's up to though, so. Yeah, we'll see. Well, like you said, like, well, uh, we'll get into that shortly here. But, uh, another guy, uh, a big dude, uh, Tyler Howe. Tyler Howe, yeah, he's a big, tough kid, too. I wonder, yeah, I haven't really followed him at all, but, uh, yeah, big, strong guy. Um, for whatever reason, I, he was always in my head a little bit. I don't know what it was, but there was something about fighting him that fucking just, well, I wasn't psychologically there with him. He's a tough kid, though. I, I think he uh, he was strong, too. Yeah. I think he was a bit younger than me, too, actually. <clears throat> yeah, I think him and his brother, I think, are both played... Do they play in the East Coast League now? I know his brother does. I think his brother. I think his brother does because I see the name, but I know it's not Tyler. It's, no, it's somehow. Tra- yeah, it's Travis. Is his older? Is the Travis? Brother. How that's yeah. right. Yeah, I think and, he's still fighting and stuff too, right? Oh, he's a bad dude, man. Like he's probably like the is kingpin. He? He's probably the kingpin of the East Coast League. Yeah, or is one. He? Of, hey, one of, him yeah. and Collins fight. He's big, yeah. Him and Collins have fought a couple times. They're big dudes, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's check him out. Yeah, they, um, well, you mentioned with Sakard with his jersey. Um, I know I always get some jersey dudes that listen to the show and they always want me to ask the guys, did you do anything with your jersey? Were you, uh, you know, you know, tight sleeves or goalie cut or did you do anything with that? Uh, you know what? In, in hockey, not so much. Um, in lacrosse, like, I don't know if you know any of my lacrosse history, but I do play box lacrosse. And yep. I remember I did get into messing around with my jersey a little bit in lacrosse and I would do, Basically, I would turn my jersey into like a goalie jersey. I would just open up the sleeves a little bit. Yep. Um, just so you can slip out. You don't have a fighting strap in lacrosse, so you're able to like get your whole jersey right off. So, I mean, I've had a couple straight street fights in lacrosse where you're, you know, we both just took our whole top pads off and just squared up with no shirts on at center. I've had a couple couple fights like that, which is, you know, it is just a street fight because you're on your feet, right? So, yep. But in hockey, I never really did too much. I mean... Um, you know, like I, like I say, I, I think by the time I got to doing stuff like that, I was done with hockey already. I was just kind of doing lacrosse, but, uh, you know, I mean, tying down the front of the Jersey, I did a few times. Um, but, uh, no, nothing, nothing too crazy. Nothing too, uh, notable anyways. Well, like you said, your first, your first year there, I mean, you're, you, you hit the SP with the, in the storm there with 34 tilts, you win a championship. Um, yeah, I mean the the following year, uh, was there was there any doubt about you going back to Columbus, or did you talk to anyone else? Did you try out anywhere else, or was it right back to Columbus? No, I went straight back to Columbus, and then uh, yeah, it was just a different team. Like I was really hoping to get the same buzz as I did the year before, so I went right back to Columbus, and then it was just a little bit different. Lots of new guys, a bunch of guys kind of retired, and it just wasn't the same. So then I kind of started poking around, uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's kind of what happened was I was actually going to get, I actually, I, I think I, I asked for a trade, uh, from Columbus, I asked them to trade me and they, they wouldn't trade me where I wanted to go. Uh, they kind of gave me some shitty options. I didn't want to go to Peoria. It was like Peoria and Fayetteville or something like that. And those are like not even on the list of places I wanted to go. I wanted to go to like either Knoxville or Huntsville I can't remember, but but they wouldn't trade me where I wanted to go, um, or or for whatever reason. Because I think they're playing those teams a little bit more. They didn't want to play against me. So then, uh, so then I started poking around on my own, 
And then I think actually, you know what? I don't know. It might have even been Jerome that helped me out, but I ended up getting a hold, or somebody ended up getting a hold of me from Denver. Or, or what year was that? No, Maybe it, Tulsa, I guess. It was yeah. Tulsa then. Tulsa it, yeah. First. yeah. Yeah. So then I ended up going to Tulsa. So wait, now, I'm trying to think here. No, okay. So I'm talking about the second time I went back to Columbus. Yeah. So that's not what happened. So that time. I went back to Columbus just because, like, we just won the ship, and I was with all the guys are pretty much the same that year, I think, when I went back. And then, uh, yeah, I just got a call up, I think, around Christmas time to Tulsa. I got a call, and they basically were just looking for someone on my team was friends with Tyler Fleck, and then uh, he heard about me. They were in last place, and they wanted to – they didn't have a guy, so then they ended up calling me up. And and then, yeah, next thing you know, I'm in the Central League during the NHL lockout fighting Bugard, Kip Brennan, and Bison and all those guys. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, we'll get into that one, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, that, uh, that, yeah, right after the championship there, you come back and, uh, yeah. in, in, uh, 2012, 13, uh, you played yeah. the 15 games, uh, you know, I think, yeah, it was like 15 fights. I mean, you're just, again, you're like, you're, uh, you're rolling. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think I, I guess I started every one of my seasons down in Columbus then. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, this was the year like Corey Bellamy was there, and uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. We had Bellamy, Bellamy, Aid. What a line that was! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, couple line brawls for sure. Well, there's one name that actually came up on your fight card a lot, and uh, uh, it, it, Gabriel Gagnon. I think how many times? Gagnon, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Probably four or five times, I think, I fought that guy. Yeah, I was going to say, is there a little bit of personal thing there, or was it just something that happened? No, we just, we're, I think our fight, we just liked fighting each other. Like I liked fighting him. He was just always a bang, a bang and go. Like, I'm, I was, I've always just kind of been like a toe-to-toe guy, so it was always fun to fight him. And then, I don't know why it happened so much, but pretty much any time we lined up and we were on the ice together, we were fighting. Didn't matter when and where, if we were on the ice together, and there, you know, the time was right for one of us. It, we were going for sure. So I think we had a couple games where we fought twice, and I think we probably fought four or five times. Well, I know that that was your you had you had that real good one with Anthony Collins that year too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was actually there's no real good, good footage of it, but there's there's one there's one. Yeah, I had a good toe to toe with Collins, and then uh, I guess that would have been my where was he? I can't remember where he was. Where was he playing? Huntsville, maybe, or something. I can't remember. <laughs> or Mississippi, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm I trying to... for the surge. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mississippi surge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, well, and like you said, then you, then you get the call-up to the Tulsa Oilers. And again, another, another legendary tough coach in Bruce Ramsey. What was Rammer like? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was a beauty. He was, yeah, Rammer was good shit. He's just a classic, classic tough guy. Just like, he ha- he was, he was kind of similar to Boom Boom, I want to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was good, man. Like, I like, I like, he was, he was pretty, like, just kind of do your thing kind of coach. Um, so it was good to have some freedom like that. You know, it sucks when you have a coach when you're doing this job and you have a coach that panics and, and gets a little bit, you know, I had a coach like that in lacrosse in Maple Ridge and he just doesn't, can't handle his emotions very well. So he just, he gets a little panicky and, uh, and, and he wouldn't hit, he'd be scared to put me on the floor because he thinks I'm going to, going to beat someone up when I get mad or something like that. Where, cause I think maybe that's how he was, but 
it's good when you got a coach that's actually tough and, and, and knows how to control their emotions because then they trust you in certain situations to go out there and maybe not fight if, if it's not the time kind of thing, you know? So, so well, it's I good think, to have a guy that understands the role. Yeah, I was about to say, I would think it would be easier um, to talk to a guy like Ramsey or Bouchard or, or Prefontaine or whatever like about about the role because, I mean, they get it, right? And, like, what you're kind of going through in the mental game that you... I mean, because it's a mental thing. Obviously, it's huge mental, right? So, yeah, yeah, the last thing you need is some guy behind you, you know, oh, look here, and I'll, I'll give you the signal whether you can go or not, and shit yeah, like that. Like, like red light, green light. Like, like, how do you play like that? Like, what do you... Like, I've yeah, had guys in this it's, show, right? And we're sitting there talking, and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's asked me to go. i got to look over at the bench to get the thumbs up or not. It's like, really? Yeah. Like, how do you... Like, you're already trying to, it's already a mind fuck, right? Now we're doing this, too? Like, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. It's just a whole added dynamic that you don't need to worry about, right? But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, like you said that year, yeah, with the, um, there were some tough dudes rolling through that Central League that year. And like, and I mean, oh, yeah. and I think you ran into every one of them. And like you said, right off the hop, you got Lizon twice the first, I think that was your first night in. That's a, yeah, he, that's I think a bad it dude, been, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lizon, man, he's he was tough. I got him. I think I actually this is a funny story about my one 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 bad vibe I had. No, one bad in uh, kind of thing with Rammer that I was kind of rattled about. Actually, I fought I fought Lizon early in the game, and I and in man like like you just said like I was it was during the NHL lockout. I think I was twenty two, maybe twenty three. Like I was young. These guys, I, I remember being so nervous in the in the room before the game. Like, I couldn't even think straight because I'm like, okay, who am I fighting? Like, Bugard, Lizon, or Granky? Like, I can't remember. They had four heavyweights, like yeah. four legit heavies on Wichita. It was my first game. I'm, I'm sitting in the room. I remember before the game, Rammer's talking, and I'm just in, I'm in the clouds just thinking about these guys. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear you get, you get that? And, like, I look up, and, like, the whole room's looking at me. Rammer's like, Ames, you hear that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and everyone kind of laughs. He's like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm fine, dude. Like, I'm good. He's like, all right. He's like, you're playing with so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm like, all right. Fucking great, dude. I, I really, this is the last thing I care about right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, thanks. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, so I ended up getting Liza out of the way as soon as possible. He laid someone out first shift, and I'm like, hey, let's go. And I came out, and I fought him. I got it out of the way, and I did really well. I, I got him. I tied him up and just got him with some nice, sharp shots and, and actually cut him pretty good. And, and I, I thought I did really good. And I was like, okay, well, that's good. Like, I got that out of the way. I, I don't need to fight him again. Like, I'm done. Like, that's, that's great. And then I think there was, like, 30 seconds left in the game, and we're up. I don't know how many goals. And Rammer, uh, Lizon's out there ready to, he's so mad that I cut him. He's so pissed. Lizon was screaming at me in the penalty box for two minutes or for five minutes straight, just losing his mind because he, because I cut him and I, and he, he was just mad. He didn't just beat the wheels off me because I, I guess that's what he was expecting. He said, we're going again. We're fucking going again. And he was like, oh, I'm going to get you. Blah, blah. You throw pillows. I just remember screaming. You throw pillows like himself in the face. And I'm like, who is this guy? And so I come back on the bench, everybody's stoked. Like, all my team is just, like, smiling ear to ear. You could see it in the video. You could see Manet just, like, just cheesing ear to ear while I'm punching Lizon. 
And uh, so I thought, you know, my job's done. I did a good job. Like, there's nothing. I don't need to fight that guy again. Why would I fight him again? We're winning the game. We're up a few goals. And then what does Rammer do? Ames, go out there and fight lies on. Puts me on the wing with lies, lines me up with my lies on with like 30 seconds left. Oh, and I'm go. like, at this point, I was like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, I got to do this again? So I, I, I honestly, I just said, fuck it. I'm not even going to grab on. Like, I'm, I, I'm just going to let this guy punch me right out. And and because and, that's how mad I was about that. Because I, I didn't like when coaches did that shit. And it was my first game. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to let Lizon punch me right out. And I'm lucky I didn't get knocked out because he grabbed on. And you can see, if you watch the video again, you'll notice. I didn't even grab him. I just put my left hand up. And I was just going to let him crank me as hard as he could. I was like, I'm not going to grab on this guy. I'm not going to throw punches. And uh, you'll see next time you watch that video, knowing that, you'll be like, holy shit. Like, that's dangerous. Because, like I say, he grabbed onto me and I didn't even grab him. I was so mad. I just wanted him to punch me out and whatever. I don't know what I was thinking. But watching that video now, it was pretty dangerous for me to not uh, grab on and actually fight him there. And then, so I ended up going down pretty quick, obviously, because I didn't grab him, and then that was that, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it, and I fucking, like I said, I was pretty pissed at Rammer at that point, just for, uh, like I said, it was already hard enough for me to fight that guy first shift, and then thought I did my job, and then I know, not enough, he puts me out there to do it again, and, uh, whatever, I should have just, I should have just fought him, but whatever, I guess I was just being a little baby. Did you talk to Rammer about that? Uh, I'm not sure if I did. I just can. I just probably took it out on someone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, an, another I'm guy. Sure, I'm sure he would have. Wouldn't. I'm sure if he knew I didn't want it, it wouldn't have been like he wouldn't have forced me to do it by any means. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, another another name that you fought. Well, an NHL guy. Uh, you actually fought him uh, three times that year. Um, was Kip Brennan. Um, Kip Brennan, yeah, yeah. Well, that the first time you guys fight, that's kind of a bit of a cheap shot on his part to kind of get. He, yeah, that was bullshit. So yeah. the first time I fought Brennan, I lined up with him. I lined up beside him, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, Kip, you know I've been watching you for a long time. Give me a shot. Like I'm young. Like I've literally been. You're like you know. I, I spoke highly of him to him. Like I gave him mega respect when I lined up beside him, and I asked him politely. I was like, "Will you fight me?" Like, pretty much like, hey, dude, I've been watching you for a lot of years. It'd be a fucking honor to fight you. That's pretty much how I approached him. And he looks at my name bar. He says, I don't even know who the fuck you are. I'm not fighting. He's like, I'm, why would I fight you? I don't even know who the fuck you are. I'm like, what? Okay. Like, whatever. Okay. Moving on. Like, I didn't dirty him. I didn't do anything. So we continue to play the shift. I guess maybe he's like, I don't know if he's worried about me or what the fuck it was. I don't know why you wouldn't just fight me if you're so tough NHL tough guy he fought fucking Chara and uh and so I continue to play my shift and then I get a shot on net and I go to the net and you know I didn't do anything dirty or nothing I'm just kind of standing there the whistle goes and then Brennan comes up and he kind of pushes me up and he and he kind of comes up to me and I'm like okay I end up having my back to the glass and he's standing there and he drops his glove behind his back so I couldn't even see him drop his glove and he fucking drilled me yeah. As hard as he could, gave me his best shot, and it actually caught my neck. It was—I remember—it caught me on like the bottom of the jaw, but a little bit on the neck. And uh, and then I was like, I was pretty rocked from that cheap shot, and I didn't even really fight him. And watching the video now, I wish I choked him out because at the end I had him in a really good chokehold, and I should have just choked him right out and taken the fucking ten game suspension because I was—I was such bullshit that he did that. And 
And so, yeah, he just dirtied me really badly. And I was eating soup for like two or three weeks after that because I couldn't swallow anything. Cause it was like such a hard shot in my neck. But yeah, that was bullshit. Me, that was a cheap shot for sure. And then I fought him two more times and then karma bit him in the ass the last time. I'm pretty sure he had a, a career ender or a really bad knee injury. So that was the last time that he fought. Uh, I don't know if he played after that, but he definitely blew his knee out when I fought him the, the last time. So maybe he'll think twice about cheap shot someone next time. Well, that was the thing. I mean, and, and like, he's a tough enough guy. He didn't have to do that. I mean, you know. I'm, yeah, that's you know. what I mean. You're an NHL tough guy. I'm a young guy coming up. And it wasn't like I was like, fuck you, you piece of shit. I was like, respectfully, like the most respect you could give a guy, asking him to fight me. I was like, hey, man, can you please give me a shot? Like, I'd, I'd love to fight you. And the guy's just like, what? Like, fuck you. And then he cheap shots me. So, yeah, I don't know, whatever, man. That's not how I operate. If if someone came up to me and asked me like that, and then I would I would step up like a man and fight them and, and give them what they're asking for politely. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a time and a place for a cheap shot, and it's not when you got some kid that's been watching you for 10 or 15 years and, and like, literally speaking up to you, and then you cheap shot them. It's just... I don't know, man. Like I say, at the end of the day, I really believe in karma and shit, and, and that's 100% why he blew his knee out the last time he fought me. There you go. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, like you said, you watch Brennan and stuff. Were you a big video guy? Because at this point, there's YouTube and stuff around. Like, when you were playing oh, Elizon yeah. or you had Bugard coming, did you watch a lot of video on them beforehand? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I knew... I'm still a big video guy. Like, I, you know, not as much as I was before, but, like, I, I mean, I, I already knew, like, I didn't even have to do video on a lot of, on, like, Kip Brennan and, and, Ly, and not Lizon, but Kip Brennan, like, and Aaron Bugard and stuff, like, I'd already done the video on them, so I already knew, I already knew Bugard was really technical, he liked to tie up, and I already knew the styles of every guy that I was fighting, so, um, and then the guys that I didn't, I was doing video on them, I was studying them, I knew Lizon had his big right hand right away. Um, you know, and I'm still a big video guy. Like I, even in the fights, uh, you know, at the ice wars or whatever, I was really, um, I pretty much knew what, what style, what, you know, what style each guy was. Do they have a dangerous left hand? Do they like to switch? Do they like to just throw the right? Do they lean back and spin? Like those are all important things, man. And like my fighting, I have like five or six different fighting styles that I can switch really quickly during a fight, but knowing what they tend to do more often gives me a huge advantage when I'm coming into the fight. Cause you know, I can try a couple different styles on them, but I know exactly what not to do against them. So I well, think video is a really huge advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's always something like, I like to talk to the guys. It's interesting. Like some of the guys I talk to, they're just like, yeah, just let's fight, you know, whatever. They don't, yeah, they don't get too exactly. into it. Mayrad, when I had yeah. Dean on the show, well, you know Dean, right? As yeah. you guys were yeah. demonstrating in the bar that night afterwards. Yeah. Uh, Dean's really technical, though, right? And he's really into it. Yeah. And, like, so when he was on the show, he was really breaking down the fighting and that type of thing. And then I just had yeah. a, young, a young kid on, uh, Cade uh, McNelly. I just had him on. And yeah. he was just like, yeah. uh, he didn't give a shit. He was just like, yeah, let's go, whatever. Let's start swinging. Just a young, just young, right? Oh, yeah. But they don't. So my, my question for you would be, like, when you were back in your, like, in, not nice words, but in your playing days, um, did yeah. you kind of, like, want to, were you a square off guy? Or did you rather kind of, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, yeah I squared up with everybody. Yeah. I always wanted to square up, you know? Like, there were certain guys, like, if a guy was really tough, like, 
I mean, there was some times when I would just kind of psych myself out before, and I'd be like, oh, I'd rather not square up with that guy. Yeah. Like, uh, I think clots, I just peeled, I like, wait, wait, I, I asked him to fight, and then as soon as the puck dropped, I just grabbed him. And yeah, like, well, because that's know, the thing. Like, I've very had... common for me to do that, but if it was a really, really tall guy or something, then I would prefer to just grab him. Yeah. Right away. But. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, when I talked to some of the guys, they wanted to, like, they wanted to be in the clinch right away. Other guys preferred yeah. to square off and whatever. But when you were squaring off with a guy, did you want them to come to you? Or did you want to go to them? Because um, you know there's that line, right? Once you cross the line, yeah. you know. Uh, You're getting popped, pretty much. But yeah. I, I do, you know, it just depends on where I was in my career. When I was younger, like, you know, that's the thing that I thought was a little bit of my advantage. I was like, if anybody's doing video on me, they're doing such outdated video. Like, if you look at my fight from... When when was my last fight in hockey was like what let's say 2014 on yep. YouTube, so it's like you're looking at me when I'm wet behind the ears. I wasn't I was still a little bit technical, but I wasn't at at, at all as close to where I'm at now. So I was like kind of like I knew that if people watched my videos, they were going to see someone that was a little bit inexperienced compared to where I'm at now. So I thought that that was kind of cool for me, good advantage, but. I think back then I was more like just bang and go. Like I, I'm still pretty bang and go, obviously, as you've seen, but I was less technical then, but I was still becoming a technical fighter. Yeah. When I was in junior, I just, just would just go full tilt. Just didn't know anything. I would just grab guys under the, on the neck and I would just throw for the top of my hand pretty much. Yeah. And that's what I did for a long time. When I started playing with Kreef and, and Jerome, they basically said, Hey, if you're going to go to the next level here, you need to start learning how to tie guys up and, and becoming a little bit more technical because you're going to get knocked out fighting the way you're fighting because you're just wide open. You're not even grabbing guys' arms. You're just grabbing their neck, and their their arm is completely free. You know, when you start fighting the bigger, stronger guys, that could get you in trouble. So they were the ones that got me onto starting to fight a little bit more technical. <laughs> and then that's kind of, you know, where it all started. And now I'm kind of just at the point where, I do gra- I grapple and I do, you know, all this off-site stuff that is really leading into being, you know, on a higher level of, of than most of these guys, in my well, opinion. You, 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 grew, you, got, you aged. You got, you got wiser yeah. as you went on. Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah that's, but, the well, you, fighting. that's why fighting prime is so much later than most other sports because the experience just plays such a huge role. And, uh, and just for me boxing and grappling and and all that kind of stuff like it's just such an important in in this in this new sport in ice wars if you're not if you're not boxing number one or boxing number one you need to know how to punch first off because there's so many hockey players that because you're on the ice you're not you're just throwing your arms like so many guys i'll watch their video and i'm like dude i will i'll go toe-to-toe with that guy for 20 minutes I'm not worried about that guy knocking me out because most guys are just thrown with their arms. They're not even, it's just a hockey thing. It's hard because you're on your skates. It's hard to really plant your feet and throw a hard shot. But there's so many guys in hockey. If I watch a video, I'm just like, oh, I will. As soon as I watch the video, I'm like, hey, yeah, I'll let that guy punch me as much as possible. I don't care. You know, you get a guy like Derek Parker, that guy throws bombs. Like he throws hard shots. You can see when he watches videos. When he throws, he's got weight behind him. There's, there's, he's got like a, his body's twisting and stuff. So, but I think with this new sport, man, like you, you, training off ice is just as important as on ice. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Like that's what they used to say back in the day with Joey Koser, right? Like he wasn't the really the biggest guy, but you watch when he's fu- when he's fighting, 
he's got the twist, right? And he turns into it, and you can see him load up his punches. And it's Who's like, that? Joey Koser. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. You know, and the totally, guy. yeah, hard shots. Yeah, and a guy like Scott Parker and stuff, right? Like, those guys load up, yeah. their, their, they load up their punches. It's not just Yeah, arm, they're it's punching not, with their whole body, right? Yeah. Like, they're punching with their their legs, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing, like, it's, it's a little different on skates, obviously, but once you figure it out, like, I'm still, like, getting better every day where I learn shit where I'm like, oh, my God, like, fuck, yeah, I can't wait to get on the ice next and try that. And, you know, and that's another exciting thing. Like, this isn't really, like, as much as it's hockey fighting, it isn't, man. Like, it's so different because the, the length of the fight is such a game changer. Like, a hockey fight, you get punched, and then some guy slips, the fight's over. Like, it's such a... This is a different game. Like, just having it last as long as it does, there's way more time to figure the other guy out. And, and like, for me, I mean, even with Parker, it took me a minute to figure out what to do, and then I changed my style, and it worked. And I think in every every fight, I pretty much made an adjustment, and as soon as I made the adjustment, boom, it, it worked. Like, uh, even uh, tipping, like, right off the bat, I started banging with him. Like, right away, I was like, I'm going to bang with him. And then I got caught, like, rocked right off the bat. Like, caught yeah. me with a good shot. My helmet popped off, and I, it was a hard shot. It was a really good punch. And I was like, okay, I come back to my corner, and I got boxers in my corner, right? Like, I had a lot of professional boxers that were in my corner. And uh, they're all like, you need to create space. They're thinking boxing, right? So they're like, create space. You need to keep this guy away from you. And so I'm in my head, I'm thinking, how do you create space in hockey? You know, because obviously you can't just jab the guy and keep him away from you because you got to grab him. So I'm like, okay, well, create space. The way I hurt, the, the only thing I can think of to do that is, well, string him out, right? So I grabbed him on the inside of the, on his grab arm instead of, usually I'd grab his back arm, which would kind of bring you a bit closer. So then after I made the adjustment, I grabbed him off the front arm, spun him, kept him a little bit farther away from, from me and kind of leaned back and started throwing, and I ended up landing a couple big shots, and that was it. So yep. I think having the time to adjust and, it's just different. It's not. It's not hockey fighting. Like I said, if it was hockey fighting, Tipping would have won because he knocked me down right away, and that was it. Fight's over. It. Yeah. But I had time to go back to my corner, readjust, get some insight from my corner guys, and then come back, and and then the fight. I ended the fight. So, uh, it's 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 really cool. It's gonna push fighting in hockey so much, and people are gonna go. It's gonna take it to another level because the fact we're focusing on this alone. Like I go, I train with UFC guys. I'm training, I'm doing grappling, and they're starting to understand the hockey fighting side of it, so they're able to now give me insight that's relatable. So it's pretty cool, man. It's going to really it's gonna really take this, this particular skill to the next level. Okay, back at her here. Um, yeah, well, before... Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff that I got to ask you about Ice Wars, but before we leave Tulsa, one last name I got to throw at you. Like you said, you talked about fighting Kip Brennan and Lizon and Boogie. Um, well, Weapon X... Alex Penner. Penner. <laughs> yeah, I fought, uh, I think I only fought Penner once. Yeah. But he's a tough, tough, tough dude. I actually uh, pulled a little greasy move on him, too. I I think I went after somebody on his team, and then I got my shots in on him, and I kicked his foot out <laughs> and took him down with a greasy little trip trip move that I always kept in my back pocket if things got a little hairy <laughs> and I was like I just knew he was tough and I was like whatever I'll get my shots in and then take him down and I ended up getting a couple shots in and then I booted his skate out and we ended up going down so I pulled a little bit of a greasy escape move on him uh, 
when, like you said, when, when, with the different, I, I was, I should have asked you this earlier, but when you're just talking about when you're in junior and you're, you know, you, you know, grabbing the middle of the jersey, just swing and, and everything. When did, um, when did you start, um, when did everything, I always sort of asked all the guys this, um, when did everything start slowing down for you in a fight? Like, when did you start thinking through things and you could, you know, because, I mean, they always say when you first start fighting and you get into the role, it's like phonetic energy, right? And you're trying to spaz out and whatever. Yeah. When, yeah, when, did it, when did it slow down for you and you start like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, he's going to do this, I'm going to react like that. Did the fight ever slow down for you and when did it, if it totally. did? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I would say, I mean, I was always really... I was always a calm fighter. Like, I never fought mad. Like, I don't even know. I could maybe count a handful of times where I was, like, really mad during a fight. So, like, I think I've always been able to, like, think and be a little bit, like, calmer and, like, been a little bit slower. But definitely experience is what obviously helped that. I would say, like, definitely, like, the end of junior kind of maybe started. But by the end of the SP is where I, like, really started because I was getting so many reps in. I was fighting. Yeah. I had 40 fights that year, 41 or something fights. or 30, I can't remember. It was just about 40 fights that year. And so I, that's when it really started to slow down and things started to just get a lot calmer for me. And, like, now I'm at the point now where I'm just, like, I don't even have to think anymore. Like, everything's just a reaction because the, the neurological pathways are already there. Everything's already all built. So it's like now it's just react and it, and it actually when you're working off of those old neurological pathways like that and everything's just kind of a reaction, it makes it a lot easier to fight because you're able to actually think a little bit more because yeah. your brain you're you're basically fighting your subconscious is fighting and then your conscious mind is able to actually think things through as you're fighting. So it's it's pretty cool once you get to that experience. Once everything gets to, once you've fought enough times where you are running off your subconscious, it's pretty interesting uh, what you can do with your conscious while you're while you're in the fight. So, no, absolutely, and uh, yeah, well, like you said, you're you're, you're running through the through the guys here, but uh, yeah, well, so your final year in hockey, 2013-2014, like you said, that's the year you go back to Columbus, you play the 14 games, you're not really happy there, and you're asking for a trade. Um, before we before we get into that, um, one of the cats, a fellow, uh, you know, it's just a young kid. He was twenty years old, right out of the Maritimes at this time. Was Alex Gallant was on the team with you? Yeah, How, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that those, those Gallant boys can go, man. They're all tough new Caesar. Are they new? No, they're not new Caesar. Are they? What's Where that? are they from? They're from they're from out east, right? Yeah, Prince Edward Island, Summerside. Yeah, yeah PEI. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, they're tough, man. Like he was tough. He was. He was definitely, like, up and coming. He was young. Like, I knew that there was going to be something there when I seen him, right? And he just had a long career. He's doing good still, isn't he? He's yeah. still, where is he now, in the A? Or? Yeah, him and, bo- him and the, both of them. Yeah, he was in Stockton. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. He was good. He was good to play with. It's always good to have another guy like that. Like, when you're a fighter, most of the time you're by yourself. So it's really cool when you get to play with another guy that can actually go. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, you had a couple sometimes, fights. Sometimes you end up fighting over a guy, but <laughs> yeah, well, I want to fight him. No, I want to fight him. Yeah, rock, I was gonna, paper, scissors. Exactly. I was going to say the rock, paper, scissors deal. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, well, you had a few few fights in the SP that year before you left. Uh, you know, uh, Sakard again a couple times. Um, at, of course. What about David Seagal? Seagal, yeah, he's a fucking, he's a beauty. I actually still talk to Seagal to this day. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him coming out for an Ice Wars event here. But, uh, yeah, I fought him a few times. It was funny. Me and Siegel had a funny relationship because uh, we hated each other. Like, hated each other, man. Like, like to the last day I played with that guy, I fucking hated him. Like, any time we were on the – every time we ran into each other, someone was getting a stick in the face or an elbow in the head. Like, we were just so dirty to each other. And he would – and he, some of the shit he would say to me, like, some of the chirps, like, he would just get so personal. And, like, not many people could get under my skin like that, but he would just fucking grind my gears, man. And I would chase him around all game sometimes. He'd be like, no, no, no. And then finally, whenever he wanted, he'd be like, okay, we'll go. You know, like, when they're down a couple and they need one, he's like, okay, we'll go. And I'd be chasing him around all game. But I hated, hated that guy. And it was funny because I remember, I think it was my last game playing against him. or I can't remember when or where. It was in Knoxville, that's all I know. <laughs> and he would always ask guys on our team, we were sponsored by Hooters, so we had these Hooters sticks. And so he'd always ask guys on our teams for a Hooters stick. And like I say, he was like my arch enemy. And I still ended up giving him a, a Hooters stick. <laughs> so I gave it to his trainer. I said, hey, give this to Siegel. And he's like, oh, okay. And he gave it to Siegel. And then Siegel ended up thanking me. And then now me and him talk, you know, probably once a week. We reconnect. And now with Ice Wars and stuff, we talk a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I've been. it's funny how a friendship gets built over or, uh, a nemesis enemy like that. You know, we just fought it out so many times. So. Yeah, that dude fought a lot of guys. Hey, I might have to. I might have to get you to hook me up with that. We have to get him on the show. He'd be a yeah. Great... He'd be a great to talk to. He's super entertaining. He's a great entertainer too. Yeah. Well, another fight you had was uh, with the old uh, with the old teammate Bellamy that year. Bellamy, yeah, yeah. He was a beauty. Yeah, it was funny. You uh, listen to the announcer. He's like Bellamy versus Amesbury. I think these guys were roommates last year. He goes. This is like watching your cousin and your brother go at it in the back, uh, out in the backyard. One of my favorite uh, clips from the announcers, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, and then once again, uh, well, like you said, you wanted the kind of the, you wanted to get the trade out of Columbus and stuff, but you ended up in the Central League, back in the Central League with uh, with the Denver Cutthroats. Um, yeah. You guys had a hell of a year. I mean, you made it all the way to the. You guys lost in the final, unfortunately, to Allen. But I mean, really strong yeah. team. What did you think of Denver? It was awesome. That was probably my favorite place to play as far as, like, the city I was in. I had a blast. I mean, we were, you know, it was, I don't know how many times we ended up partying with the Avalanche and just having such a good time down there. We had, we had a really good setup. The team, you know, had a, had us in really nice places and stuff. And I had a good roommate, Mark Chuck. He was tough, too. And, yeah, man, that was a good season. It was fun. We were a good team. Um, you know, it's... Uh, I did know. I did kind of know it was kind of my way out that year, so it was a little bit sour for me near the end, knowing that I was pretty much done. So, but uh, it was a really good year. I love the city, and, and uh, I still have a place in my heart for Denver. That's actually where I met Scott Parker and Francesca, and and all them, and and still to this day I talk to them, um, and and have a, a close relationship with them, which is really cool. So. Yeah, that, well, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, I know you you spent some time. Francesca had mentioned that you had, you had spent some time with them and with Scott, and uh, you yeah. know, uh, and like you said, being a you know being a fan of the enforcers like you were. I mean, of course, Parker, legendary guy. Of course, his junior yeah. out there in Kelowna and stuff. He's a freaking killer junior, an animal. Oh, oh un- yeah. unbelievable! Um, what was it like? Kind of like did he? I mean, I'm assuming obviously you guys would have talked fighting. Did he kind of give you any pointers or? 
you know? Yeah, well, that's, that's how it started. Like, he came out, he was kind of like my fighting coach when I was in Denver. Like, yeah. he would drive out and, and come on the ice with us and show me all these greasy tricks and stuff. And and then, yeah, that's kind of how I met him. He, he would come out and coach me and teach me all his little moves. And he, he would always, oh, man, the sh- I just remember he had so many things that he would show me where I would just, like, it would make me, like, cringe just the thought of getting being on the other end of it. I was like, oh, man. Like, his whole thing is just, like, make these guys never want to fight you again. That's yeah. your goal. Make these people never want to fight you again. And, and man, did he ever have the tools on his tool belt, belt to make people never want to fight you again. I still use them, man. They're, they're in my repertoire, and, and I learned lots of cool moves from him. So You talk about the finger thing, bending the finger part? Oh yeah, the finger. There's so many, man. Yeah. It's endless. Yeah. yeah. He would he would get he would be choking you with your jersey, he'd be choking you out while he's punching you and he's sticking his thumb down your throat your Adam's apple. It's just brutal shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well and like you said, that was the thing with, with, with Parker that I was used to say, like, for a guy that big too, and like like he was not out there to, there was no good luck, bro. Like, there was none of that no. shit going on. No, he was like, just a killer. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, hello? Hello? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Sorry about that. Oh, no problem, no problem. Um, well, a few of the names I, I just want to hit you. Well, and well, here we go. You're, at, you're in Denver. You're in the Central League. And a guy that, of course, who, who knew 10 years later you'd be fighting in a final in Ice Wars was uh, Sawyer, who you fought twice. Yeah. 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 Um, well, back, what was it like fighting him back? Well, okay, here's perfect. What was it like fighting him back then to uh, a couple weeks ago? What was it like? You know what? Sawyer's such a beauty. Like, I, he's, I, he's a, I call him a friend of mine. He's like 100% a good friend. I've stayed in touch with him since we fought. So it was cool to end up in the finals with him. I knew it was going to be me and him for whatever reason. Like, I just... I, t- I even said before when I seen the bracket, as soon as I seen the bracket, I went up to Sawyer, I said, see in the finals, you know? So it was pretty cool uh, how it all panned out. Um, the first time I actually met Sawyer the year before I fought him, uh, when we played against him, I don't think we fought for whatever reason. I think I might've been a healthy scratch or something. And so, so, but we had a night out and we ended up kind of partying together. And then the next year we were in Rapid City, I think. And I got, uh, Oh, I was out playing with Sawyer fight, and then yeah, and then we uh, we ended up. At the, we're in the penalty box, and he's such a nice guy, Sawyer. He goes, um, he goes, hey uh, Ames, what hotel are you staying at? And I tell him, and he goes, oh cool. And he's like, oh yeah, okay, awesome. And then I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I don't know what hotel I'm staying at. And then I roll up to the hotel after the game. And I see this big, big dude, <laughs> this monster in like a small car from what I remember. He's like, hey, Ames. I'm like, what? He has Sawyer? He's at, he's at my hotel. He's like, hop in. We're going to my house. And I'm like, what? All right. So I hop in and he takes me to his house for dinner. And his his chick or whatever, the girl he was with at the time, cooked us up a meal. And we had a couple beers and hung out and talked hockey and, and then became friends. And it was uh, really cool really cool thing to have someone like that, you know, that's kind of how I am too. Like I, it's all respect. Right. So it was, it was nice. And then we ended up fighting again, I think in Denver. And I mean, when we fought, it was just toe to toe. It was like, I'll go left. You go right. Let's fucking do it. 
And uh, and it was kind of the same thing in the finals there. I think he he. I wish he. I guess he. I'm sure he wishes he had a little more gas in the tank. So we'll have to do it again sometime. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, another guy that you fought that year that uh, I, I actually I had him on the show a little while ago. He's a good guest. Uh, a tough dude, man. Colt King. Oh yeah, definitely. He's probably definitely one of the tougher guys. Definitely one of the guys in the league that I always have my eyes on. And, uh, I don't know. I think I only fought him once, maybe yeah. twice. Can't remember, but uh, yeah, he was a super tough dude, um, and he he go left or right too. So. Yeah, well, a real. I was watching the videos last night of your fights, but a real good one you had was with Kevin Harvey <laughs> that year. Oh yeah, yeah, Harvey. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he was a good one. I think uh, down near the face-off dot in the offensive zone for me. I think. It would have been if that's the one you're talking about. Where right. I kind of, I was kind of blocking too. I was like yeah. carrying the punches and stuff. Well, you kind of. I was noticing yeah. you had the the elbow. You kind of had the Rick Rippin thing going there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The first time I ever that actually. Thank you. Ah, uh, she was she just dropped it somewhere. Sorry about that. I was just grabbing my vehicle. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. He was. Uh, he was a really good guy to fight. He was. He would switch too and stuff. So. Um, there, uh, there may be a Kevin Harvey, Daniel Ainsbury fight in the near future. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. it could be happening soon. <laughs> yeah. He was in some good ones too, man. Yeah. yeah tough dude. Um, well, one last, yeah, uh, I think he was talking, he might've been talking to AJ. I don't know. So we'll see what happens here. Yeah. I think he, was gonna... he might be on the list. Sweet. Yeah. Well, one last thing you had mentioned him earlier and he was a big dude. And I actually, I got to watch him as a, as a youngster, just starting out in Saskatoon with the blades, uh, with uh, Glotz, Garrett Glotz. Who is that? Glotz. Glotz. Garrett Glotz. Well, how do you Glotz? Say? You know, the real big oh, guy. Glotz. Oh, Glotz. Yeah yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was tough, man. Like, I remember, he, you know what's funny about, I remember watching, we were in uh, Allen. And they were, I just remember, like, I knew I had to fight this guy at some point. Like, I was like, you know, it was inevitable, right? Like, tough guy on the other team, we're going to fight him. And then I remember they had this stupid, like, it was a Taylor Swift wrecking ball. You know how, like, in between commercials, they do, like, funny videos with the players or whatever it was? Yep. They had this video of Klotz. I think he was, like, a singing wrecking ball by Taylor Swift, like, uh, lip-syncing it. And, there, and he had no shirt on, and he was fucking ripped. Like shredded, dude, and I think he like I looked at his hockey DB. He was like two sixty five. So when I seen this, I was like, man, if that guy's two sixty five and that lean, I was like, oh man, this guy's gonna be strong. And uh, when I fought him, I remember I didn't even square up with him. I just as soon as the puck dropped, I just grabbed him, and I and I was like, same kind of style when I fought Lizon. I was like, I'm just gonna tie this guy up. I'm gonna grab his back arm. I'm gonna twist him up and then get in close and just just hit him with little tight shots. And so that was my plan, and uh, and fuck, it didn't work very well because I grabbed his back arm and he just pulled it out like I was a little kid and just rocked me. <laughs> yeah, he was a strong dude. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He's still rolling too. Yeah, he's still going in the East Coast League. Is he actually? Yeah, he's no he was, way. Yeah, he's fighting in the East Coast League this year. He looked good too. Yeah, no way. Fuck, yeah. we need to get him into the ice wars, man. He's ready. Yeah, absolutely. He's in shape. Yeah, he is fighting yeah. shit for sure. I'd, li- I'd like another round with him. Yeah. Um, now that I'm not, now that I'm not, now that I'm not wet behind the ears. 
<laughs> a little wiser. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, like you said that year, you kind of wrap it up. Unfortunately, you guys lost in the final to Allen and, and, uh, but like you said, it was sort of bittersweet that year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause that was that, well, you know, I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, that was the end of your hockey career. Um, yeah, pretty much. That was pretty much my way out. And like, I did didn't you, really know what was in store on the other end. So I was going to say, did you know that was coming or not? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, totally. So it was like, you know, I mean, you know, about my personal life a little bit, I kind of had some shit that I needed to go back home and deal with. And I knew that I probably wasn't going to be coming back down to play after that. And I was pretty much it. So I, I knew it was happening. I knew everything was going and yeah, it was definitely a tough a little bit of a bittersweet uh, ending for me, and I think I was still I was on the liquor a little hard at the time too. So I mean, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough way to go out in hockey, and and uh, I actually played my first like real hockey season since this season. I played senior A up in Powell River in BC, which was you know it was. It was a really good thing for me to actually get to play again after that because, like I say, it was just like the way it ended. It really kind of, it honestly killed the game for me altogether for a long time. I, w- I didn't even play, wouldn't even skate. I just had a sour taste in my mouth over it, just the way that it didn't end on my terms. And then, so playing this year, it was it felt really good to get back into the game and actually play some real hockey again. Yeah, well, and this, of course, is right. Uh, I mean, obviously, you were playing a lot of lacrosse. Uh, yeah, in BC, is that uh, were you always a lacrosse guy, or were you, did you just get into it? No, I got a funny story. So I, uh, I was play. I never played lacrosse like as a kid, like at all. And I think I came back. I want to say it was after my first pro season playing hockey. I, I can't remember. It might have been in between that and yeah, I can't remember when. I think I was done junior hockey, and then. What happened was my buddy was playing junior A for the Salmon Bellies, like a really like well known team out here. That yep. you know it was at the time one number one or two in Canada. This team for junior A, and he was also playing pro for Buffalo Bandits in the NLL. So because it's in a different season, so he'd go down in the winter and then he'd come back and play junior in the in the in the summer, and then he'd go back down in Buffalo. Well, he got knocked out like real bad by one of the tougher guys in, in Buffalo or when he was playing in Buffalo. And so when he came back to junior, like he's like, I don't want to really fight this year. I kind of need to just recover and get back. And then I'll go back down next year to the NLL. Cause obviously the NLL is more important. And, uh, so he, they were looking for a tough guy. I'm at the bar with them. We're partying one night and he goes, Ames, you should come play, come play lacrosse this year. Like we need a tough guy. Like my coaches would love you. Like blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, I've never played lacrosse. How the hell do you expect me to just play junior A? Like, it's not happening, man. But okay, yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, I'm going to get my coach to call you, but you have to lie to him and tell him that you used to play lacrosse. I was like, all right, sure. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I threw a lacrosse ball. I never played a game of lacrosse in my life. So I get a call a week later. I kind of forgot about the conversation we had because we were obviously partying and drinking and stuff. And then I get a call. Hey, this is Daniel Perot from the New Westminster Junior A Salmon Bellies. Uh, I'm just hoping to, you know, talk to you. I heard that, you know, you used to play lacrosse and we have tryouts coming up, this and that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I used to play in junior and or I used to play uh, as a kid or whatever. It's been a while. But, yeah, I'd like to come try out. And he's like, all right, well, tryouts are on this day. You know, be there and we'll see what you can do. And, you know, we'd love to have a guy like you. So we'll, we're willing to work with you as long as you can, you know, run the floor. All right, perfect. 
So I, I have no lacrosse gear. I don't have a lacrosse stick, nothing. So I go to my best friend's house. He played lacrosse. And uh, I was like, hey, Trevor, I need to borrow your lacrosse gear. He's like, what? What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean you need to borrow my lacrosse gear? I was like, oh, I got a tryout. He's like, for who? I was like, oh, the Salmon Bellies Junior A. And he's like, what? What do you mean? He's like, I haven't played lacrosse my whole life. I, I, I never even played Junior A. I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. So I borrowed his equipment, show up to tryouts. I don't know if you know much about lacrosse, but your stick has to be strung a certain way to throw a ball or or else when you throw it, it's just going to literally hit the ground. Okay. And uh, so I had his stick and it was strung all shitty. I guess he hasn't thrown it in a long time. So I go to these trials and I'm running around like we do a couple of drills. And I can't even hit the net with this stick. Like I'm throwing the ball and it's not even coming out. It's hooking so much. It's just hitting the ground because the way it was strung. So I'm looking like a total duster. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. And then, and then they throw us in a scrimmage and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, so I'm just running around trying to fight everyone. I'm like, Hey, can you guys fight me? Can someone fight me? Hey, you want to fight? Someone fight me? No one will fight me. So I look, I finally, I'm like on the bench and I'm asking the other team, like, Hey, will you guys fight me? And they're like, no, no one over here. And I, so I asked my own team, I'm like, Hey, what do you guys fight me? <laughs> and then one of the guys goes, Patty will fight you. And I'm like, okay, sweet. So I went and put the other team's jersey on, and I switched teams and then fought a guy on my own team just to show him I can fight. And then that was the beginning of my lacrosse career. They ended up signing me, and then uh, I played 13 games. I actually picked it up pretty quick. And by the end of the se- by the end of the year, it was the senior A draft. I got drafted 11th overall. <laughs> there you go. And then there's, and then now I'm. Uh, about 10 years in playing senior a lacrosse which is you know they you know uh pretty pretty good lacrosse like the team i'm playing on right now i got a game tomorrow i play for uh, langley uh langley thunder here where i live and uh i mean on like i play with three guys that play on team canada and i literally play i'm playing offense with these guys so when i'm on the floor i'll be on the floor with three guys on team canada and like my team is just stacked and most of the guys on my team play play in the NLL, so it's it's pretty good lacrosse. Are you allowed to fight? Oh yeah, yeah. But I don't really have to fight in lacrosse anymore because I've kind of gained a reputation in lacrosse that it's like a Scott Parker thing where I just, nobody wants to fight me or come near me, so it makes my job really easy. So now I just play the game and and it makes room for everyone else. So it's really nice. I maybe maybe this season I'd be surprised if I had one fight. Maybe two, but well, I doubt it. Well, I was reading an article about you about lacrosse when you were playing for Ridge Meadows, and it got towards where they, you guys had to put up a bond. Was it twenty five thousand yeah. dollars <laughs> because you guys kept fighting yeah. all the time? <laughs> yeah, we had like a line. We had a bench clear, a line brawl, and then uh, the league hates me. Like to this day, the league still hates me. Um, the league's like con- consistently petitioning to get me kicked out. Like, like. It's all the other teams in the league. They're like, fuck, this guy can't play, blah, blah, like get him out of the league because because they don't have an answer for me is what it is. And I'm not I'm not running around playing dirty lacrosse. I'm just literally going out there and making sure nobody else is playing dirty. That's it. If nobody else plays dirty when I'm out there, then there's no reason for me to punch anyone out. So it's easy enough, right? But all these other teams in the league, they bitch about me, and then they want to sign me as soon as I'm a free agent. So it's it's funny. Yeah, I was going to say, it's funny how that works. Um, 
Yeah, like even even the team I'm on now, I'm pre- like I'm pretty sure they were one of the teams that were bitching about me when I was playing for Maple Ridge, and then now they're all stacked up like all these guys, and they're like, hey, we need a guy like you. I was like, yeah, also I've I've seen the roster. I'm like, you know, I don't want to play too many more years of lacrosse, but I want to win a Man Cup, so I got to win a Man Cup this year, and then I'll hang them up. There you go. There you go. Um, well, man. Uh, well, there we go. There's the you know the uh, the hockey career and the and lacrosse of Daniel Ainsbury. Um, <laughs> Uh, just got a, I got a few things about ice. Obviously, got to ask you about ice wars. I know we've talked about it a yeah. little, a little bit, but uh, we'll go right to the start. How did you, uh, yeah? How did you hear about it, and uh, and, and who got a hold of you, and um, what was your initial thoughts when you heard the pitch? Were you kind of like, yeah, I don't was, think so, or just like, no? I actually, I ha- it was funny because I. I wasn't too many months before. I mean, I've probably been saying it for, for years, but like a couple months before I was talking to my buddy, I'm like, man, like I'm a black belt in fighting in sports. Like it's really too bad. There isn't like a lacrosse fighting league or a hockey fighting league or like somewhere where I can like really test out this shit. Cause I've been learning more and more stuff over the years and like nobody will fight me in lacrosse. And so it's like, I really don't have, a way to test out all these new things I'm learning. And like, and like I said, I'm a video guy. So I'm even learning shit when I'm sitting at home. So I'm like, man, I want to try this. Like, it's really too bad. There's no sport for this. And then I swear, not even two months later, AJ makes the first announcement that he's thinking about doing this event. He's wondering if there's people that are interested. So my buddy that I said that to sends this to me. He's like, what just happened? He's like, did you just manifest this event? Like what's going on? And I'm like, oh, shit. So I messaged AJ, like, immediately. I'm like, hey, dude, I don't have a huge resume. Like, I wasn't around for a long time, but this is who I am. I sent him a video, like, so many video clips. I'm like, I'll fight anybody. I don't care. George LaRock, Donald Bashir, literally don't care. I'll fight anybody on ice. Sign me up, man. Like, put me in any weight class. Let's fucking do it. And that was pretty much my, like, I hounded AJ off the bat. Like, he'll say it. I've heard him say it in other podcasts or whatever. Like, this guy just reached out to me. I, I, my conversation with him on Instagram is hilarious. Cause I just, it, was a, it was an application form, sending him videos and stuff. So that was how it started. And then uh, as time went on, I, I was a little bit hesitant at times, obviously, as, like, you know, it's a tournament now. It's on synthetic ice. And then I kind of just got to the point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, man. Like, this is it's like a sport tailored for what I'm good at. So whatever, I'll just try it out. Who cares? I'm, I'm kind of a, I, I kind of, I'm kind of an adventurer anyways. So that's kind of, it's perfect for me. Well, yeah. Cause like you, well, we were saying before the, uh, initially when you had signed up for it, your, it was your understanding. You were just fighting a single fight, right? Yeah, exactly. Like when I had my first players meeting, I thought I was going to fight once and that I was in a heavyweight weight class from like 200 to 230 or whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's an unlimited weight class, and it's a fucking, it's a tournament. And so, like, you know, things kind of change quick. And, and then I, I signed up. I was the first name, so I didn't see anybody. I didn't know anybody who was in it. So I'm signing up thinking, like, oh, I'm going to come in as big as I can, which was, like, 230. I ended up at, like, 224 by the time I was at the fights or whatever. But I was like, I'm going to come in as big as I can, which that was, like, pretty much it. And then... And then I and then I see start seeing the, the names and the sizes of these guys that were fighting. I was like, Jesus Christ! Everybody's three hundred pounds. I was like, all right, well, I'm here now, so let's do it. Yeah, well, and like you said, so you so you get there, and it's um, 
like when you get there and you and you see Parker and Sawyer and Tippin and Swanson and all the guys and uh, LaFrance there. That I mean that dude looked like he fell out of a comic book. Like LaFrance, holy oh, jack, buddy. holy jack, yeah, up. He's jack, oof. Yeah. yeah, he's so jacked. Yeah, but so you, uh, what, he was the he was the first he was the first fighter that I seen when I walked into the hotel, and I was like I was with my family and my my woman and stuff. I was like, oh hey, that's one of the guys. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks like a superhero. Yeah, exactly. I was you look at John Cena. Yeah, it's like all right. Yeah. Uh, what was the just. Uh, well, like you said, you, you, you trained for the event, uh, like you, you, did, you put in like a solid eight weeks and, uh, and I know from, from other, uh, interviews that you've done and we were just talking here that, I mean, this was like, like you took this, this was like the real, this was the real deal, man. Like you were serious about it and, and completely focused 100%. Yeah, totally. Like, honestly, like the way I've seen it, I was like, okay, like. This is something that I'm passionate about. I was already, I was already going through something like hockey wise. Like I already had some plans. Like I started training at this hockey facility. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I wanted to do something with hockey. I was thinking about going back and maybe playing in Quebec or, or somewhere. I was like thinking about getting back in the game. So when I actually found out that I was going to be able to do this event, I was already training to play hockey. So I was like already in a good spot mentally and I was already like, I didn't know what I was training for, but I was training. And then once I like locked in for this event, I just took it to another level. Cause I was like, you know what, if I'm doing something like I'm just, I'm not half-assing anything again in my life. I've half-assed so much shit. Even when I was playing hockey in the States, I was fucking one foot in one foot out. I wasn't training in the summers. I was partying. I just, that's not how I roll anymore, man. Like I, I've just got to a place where I realize what I'm capable of mentally. If I fully commit, so if I'm doing this and I'm like literally putting my life on hold, I'm not going to work. I'm doing this 100%. I'm not fucking around. And, and that's what I did. I just, I, I trained my ass off and you know what? There's still so much stuff I can improve on and that I am improving on, uh, as far as like the amount of training and what I'm doing and, and stuff like that, that I'll do for the next fights. But it, it was something I, I knew, I know enough fighters to know that this isn't a hockey fight tournament. I'm sure some of those guys came in like, oh, I've fought three times in a night before. This is no problem. You know what I mean? That's I'm sure some of those guys were going to show up like that. But I didn't really think about that before when I was training. I was thinking that everybody else is going to train like me because if I didn't think that way, then I'd be underestimating my opponent. So I just trained my ass off. I trained as if I was going to fight an MMA fight or a boxing fight. I made sure my cardio was at that point. Um, I had bronchitis during the fights, so I was like way more gassed than I should have been. I was like, like my chest was a little bit tough. Like, honestly, thought I had COVID. I did a couple COVID tests on my way out. I'm like, no, no COVID. I'm like, all right. And then after the fights, I went to the doctor and found out I had bronchitis. So, uh. yeah, but uh, but definitely put the work in, man. Like, I I, don't, I definitely I trained the way I seen it was this way. I said. Eight weeks out, I'm starting my camp. I said, if I can win every day from here until the event, then I've already won the event. And so that's what I did. Every day, I just made sure I was the hardest working guy. And I knew I was. So it was, by the time I got there, I looked at these guys and yeah, they look big and tough and strong and mean and all this shit. But there was not even at one point a negative thought that crossed my mind. I knew that 
the event was already won and I already mentally prepared myself to win it. So it was like, and I think honestly that probably fucked with some of these guys too when they seen me and talked to me before the event and seen how like relaxed and calm I was. I bet you that got into some of their heads because I, I was in the best mental state of my life going into the, that tournament. And, and, and the, I, I, like I said, I didn't have one negative emotion go through my body or one bit of fear or anxiety, which is like absolutely never had that in my life. Like I've always worried about negative results before fights at times. Right. Like, and if I'm going into a tournament and fighting three of the toughest guys I've fought in one night, why wouldn't I have anxiety or, or fear? But I, I didn't have any of that. And I think it was just because of how hard I worked and just where I'm at mentally and my mindset training and stuff. So, uh, it was, it was a, good learning experience um i want to push the sport to the next level so i'm gonna i'm gonna show up the next time even better and uh people will be consistently surprised and and i'm just gonna step step it up every time so if the other guys don't step it up they're gonna get smashed and that's just how it is right on excellent well let's well quickly well so your first fight of the night you're fighting Derek parker who had been active and played that year played this year in lavelle's and he had the so he was still yeah. an active pl- fighter um, obviously, like you said, you're a video guy, so you had seen Parker fight him a million times on video. Um, yeah. Did the fight go the way you thought it would go in your head? Did your did your strategy he, work? He, he, he caught me a little bit. At the beginning, I, I was, like, a little bit frustrated. Like, he was – I thought I was going to do better right off the bat. I think I needed to get my timing back and my legs back. Like, he's been active, so – and he was strong, so I was, like, trying to figure it out, so – he came out hard, man. He did really well. Um, I think, uh, like I say, it was, he's been active and I haven't. So it was like, it's pretty tough to, to go from, you know, I had like a fight or two this year, you know, just trying to get back into it. Um, and he had, I don't know how many he had, but he hasn't really stopped. So he had all his timing, right? He had his everything, right? So took me a minute but once i got into it and i figured it out then i think i was good like you know i'd like to fight parker again at some point um and and see where i'm at as the next time but i think it just took me a minute to get my timing back and kind of figure shit out so well he was a tough he was he was the toughest fight of the night for me 100 percent. yeah i was gonna say like like you guys you go the two the two rounds and and they they declared a draw and you're going to a third one um, when they went to the judges, were you confident that you had it or were you kind of like, not, not, not fully because I was like, I figured it was either a draw or I lost. I didn't think I wa- I didn't think if the, if the judges aren't going to give me that win because I just thought it was too close and Parker being who he was, I just thought you can't give it to It's like, he's the champ already basically. Right. Yeah. That's the way I see it. So it's like, how could you give a fight that's so close to me? So I was like so thankful to have a third round because I wouldn't even have wanted them to give it to me at that point, even though I think it could have gone my way. Maybe it was close though. I knew I lost the first round for sure. And then I felt like I won the second round. So I was like, okay, well it could be even. So as soon as they gave me the third round, I was like, thank God. Like I was like done. Like at that point I was so confident. I was like, I'm winning this for sure. So I was glad that it went into a third round and they didn't decide uh, it was went my way or his way beforehand. I think it was – well, I've watched that fight a few times. I think it was pretty even. The first He won the first round and I won the second round. And then I won the overtime for sure. So 
Yeah. Was, was your... He's a tough guy, though. I'm sure he wishes he had a bit more gas in the tank himself. You know, he's tough, definitely tough dude. Done a long time. Um, what as, as far as your strategy going into it, I mean, obviously when the fights are being judged, um, was your strategy like just to kind of, you know, like just stay busy? Or was it to... Uh... Well, it, it, it's funny because I had a game, a little bit more of a, a technical game plan originally. And then I run into Morasti and he pulled me aside. He's like, hey, just so you know... Like, we're going to be judged. Like, if you're tying guys up, like, you're going to be losing points. Like, we want guys banging, right? Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, I was originally going to try and maybe tie some guys up and get them twisted up a little bit and kind of get guys in really bad spots before I started to let go. Like, kind of like I would do with, like, lies on or whatever. And and uh, and so when he said that, I was like, all right, well, whatever, man. I was like, at the end of the day, that's true. I, I agree with that because I want to put on a show anyway. So I was like, let's just bang. And see how it goes. I got enough styles of of, of band, like like going toe to toe with guys where I can switch things up and change things if they're not working. So it kind of just threw everything out the window and just just went to it and and got after it and switched things up during the fights as I felt like they needed to be switched. And and I was thankful I had guys in my corner that knew the fight game enough to to explain a couple things to me that helped. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm like, okay, well, your ne- yeah, your next fight there is against Tippin, and and like you said, right away he comes out with a big shot on you, and it, and uh, that that probably got your attention pretty quick. Yeah, I tried to like I like I tried to just go toe to toe with him. Was pretty much what I was gonna do. I was like, I'll just grab his fucking back arm and just bang with him, and then he he's the strong he's a strong guy. I would say he's probably one of the strongest guys there, if not the strongest guy. Well, obviously LaFrance too, right? Like those yeah. are pretty strong guys, but I think Tippin was just a little bit more of a functional strength. Like he was like a little bit more leaned out, a little bit taller. He wasn't so like jacked. Like he was jacked, obviously. You've seen him, but yeah. But uh, he was strong, man, and he hit hard. So and he's like, and the thing is with Tippin, he punches quick. Like he knows how to throw that short shot. So yeah. when I came in the bank, um, I tried and it, and it just didn't work. I got rocked right away. So then I switched it up and then I ended up catching him. So I was glad that I changed up my, my strategy there. Yeah. Well, and then, and then in your final fight with Sawyer, I mean, like you said, I mean, you, you had history with him and, uh, you know, and, and, and everything. And, and that guy's so big. It was like six six or yeah. whatever, and I mean that's like fighting a bear, right? And the thing I noticed with Sawyer yeah. fighting because he did it with Swanson too. That was a pretty good fight with him and Swanee. I think that fight could have went either way. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of hoping yeah. they were going to go with Swanson actually, but um, yeah, yeah. But he had a little bit more gas in the tank, I think, for a third fight. I think so. Yeah, but uh, Sawyer, I watched when I was watching the fights. He was he was really relying on like. I mean, he was throwing, but he would lean on guys and really kind of yank on them and kind of put his weight on them. Yeah. Did you find that he was doing that with yeah. you? Sort of like, it almost be like fighting, like wearing a wet blanket at, at points. Yeah, just holding holding guys down a little bit, putting yeah. weight on them, yeah. I mean, honestly, like at that point, I was in such a fucking gnarly mental state at that point, man. Like, I truly feel like you could have put any, any human in front of me and I would have walked them. Like, I was just... I was rolling at that point. I was so confident. I had the cardio. I was like, I had the momentum. I had the short second fight. Like, I was really in a place mentally where I just, I don't even know what the fuck happened during that fight, man. But it was just complete flow state. Like, I wasn't really thinking too much. It was just, 
getting into the flow and just banging. And I think like I had the energy, I was switching. Uh, I didn't really notice too much on his end. He caught me watching the videos. He caught me with one punch that snapped my neck. Like you could see my whole head snap back. Yeah. And it was a really good shot. I'm not sure how it didn't fucking rock me. Cause I don't remember. I don't remember getting hit in that fight with anything that like dizzied me or like made my eyes flash or anything like that. Whereas I did in, in the other two I did. But, but when I watched that video, that punch, if I was in a regular mental state, maybe would have fucking rocked me. But I don't know what happened during that fight, but he hit me with a good shot, and I didn't even feel it. Well, I know I was going to ask with the fights. Um, I know because the boards were fairly... I know it was sort of the ref's job to sort of guide you guys away from him because the boards were kind of an unstable deal. Did you find, though... Did the refs get annoying at times? Like, it looked like they're one guy... Yeah, they'd they, they grab you sometimes. Yeah, they were jumping in too early. Like, obviously, they were trying to keep us off the boards. But I think what they could have done is, like, like it's okay if we get – we knew that those boards weren't sturdy, right? Like, we all knew that. So, like, when me and Sir were getting close to the boards, like, I wasn't going to push him up to the boards. He wasn't going to push me. Like, we were, we were still working, but we wanted to, like – the fight was going. We'll work our way back to the middle. So, I think they were a little quick to jump in and keep us off the boards. But – I mean, that's just learning for everyone, man. Like, even another thing, too, I was saying, like, the, the refs could have been a little bit more interactive with the fighters and asking them if they were good, if you want to keep going, like, just talking to us during the fight kind of thing, I guess. But they did a great job. It was the first first event, so there's a lot to learn and stuff. But I think, I mean, at the end of the day, we just need to build a better setup where we don't have to worry about that. Would you like to see it go to ice? Oh, of course. Yeah, I think anybody would. It would yeah. be much better on the ice. But but also, that synthetic that we were on, was it surprised me, and it was much better than I thought. So, I mean, if it means better venues and, and better production, then, I mean, let's do it this way for a little while until when the money really starts rolling in, I'm sure we'll come up with some sort of cool way to, to have ice. But, like, I mean, if you think about it, what are you going to do? To have it on ice, you pretty much got to be in an arena. Yeah. Because... That's the only place that's going to have the production, the setup for a proper production. Yeah. And the production, I mean, it, it looked good. If you watch on video, it looked good and stuff. But if you did that in a regular ice rink that, that, you know, you didn't have like an arena, you have to be in an arena to use real ice. So it would be good to get real ice. But to be completely honest, I don't think the synthetic was, was a real, once you hang on to the guy, it doesn't even matter. You guys, you're pretty stable. Um, I don't think, I don't think that that synthetic ice played a, uh, too much of a part in fight quality, personally. Actually, yeah, it's funny. Every guy I've talked to that was in it and everything, they all said they were pleasantly surprised with that synthetic. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. the stuff that I trained on was way slower and way more sticky. And, like, I was like, fuck, man. If, if we're fighting on this, if we're fighting on the stuff that I trained on, this is going to be a joke. Like, I was, like, worried. And then when we got there, I skated on it. I was like, oh, man, this stuff is awesome. Like, like, it was good, man. I was really surprised. And, like, the thing is, too, even on the shitty synthetic, once you start grabbing a guy and, like, you're hanging on to somebody, you're actually pretty stable. So it's not too bad. I think they can make it work like that. I think uh, 
as time goes on, guys are going to get better on it, obviously, because we'll be fighting on it more. But I don't think it's a huge issue, honestly. I would love, love to be on real ice, but I don't think it made as much of a difference as I thought it would. Yeah, I, when I was talking to Swanee, he said the same thing. He was The stuff he was training on, he's like, this stuff's way better. So, yeah, he was uh, yeah. he was surprised, pleasantly surprised, too. Yeah, um, well, yeah it was good. Well, so you end up winning the deal, uh, and then old uh, Morasti comes out and, and challenges you. Uh, did you see that one yeah. coming? Yeah, kind of, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. I, I figured there'd be something like that. Um, as soon as I seen AJ come out, I was like, oh, Morasti wants to fight. I even said it to uh, to uh, McMorrow there. I was like, what, let me guess, Morasti? He's, like, uh, he's like, I don't know. I was like, yeah, okay. And then, so yeah, I seen it. I figured there'd be something like that. So I think it's good, man. Like, I really hope that that fight happens. And, um, I mean, me versus Morasti, like the style matchup of that fight, it's going to be a sick fight to watch, you know, like, yeah, I know Morasti's had some long wars and some long fights and stuff, but having a, having an actual event where me and Morasti can fight like, you know, possibly five rounds. Uh, like that could be like the craziest fight ever, you know? Cause like a hockey fight to hockey fight, you're going to fight for a minute. If it's a marathon, you're going to fight for a minute. Right. So yep. being able to have five marathons with a guy, you know, if it's a championship fight, I would imagine it's going to be like five rounds or something, or they're going to make it longer than, than just the two rounds I would think. Um, so I think that has potential to be one of the craziest fucking fights ever, man. So I hope it happens sooner than later. I'm ready. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be ready when the time comes. And, uh, yeah, I can't fucking wait, man. That's going to be, I've watched Marassi for a very long time. I, I pretty much know exactly what he, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm already training for Marassi. I've been training for Marassi for a couple of weeks now, so. Well, it was funny because I, I ran into John the next day there at the, uh, at the checkout when we were leaving. I talked to him for about 15 minutes and, and he was pretty fired up and, uh, ah, he was, he was, I was asking him about you and he, he liked your style, man. He said the same thing. He'd be a hell of a fight and he goes, but he goes, I think I got him figured out. So he goes, well, yeah, he goes, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. yeah, just, well, just at the end here, I mean, you, you, you know, you win it and everything. Was it sort of, um, yeah, I mean, you know, not to be too dramatic or anything, but it was a, did you kind of feel like it was a bit of a redemption or kind of like unfinished business that you had to do, you had to do this, you know? like Yeah, uh, man, totally. I had, I had a pretty tough, like, I, like the years after my retirement and stuff were pretty hard. Like I had some really hard years and dealt with some addiction issues and just some shitty life decisions that really led me down a dark path and, and I think that's why I ended up having so much support. I had so many sponsors show up because a lot of people that seen me going through what I went through and seen the life choices that I made that took me down at such a dark road um, after my hockey career ended because I was depressed, man. I didn't know what to do. I was lost. I was sad. I was thinking I'm a gangster and just hanging out with the wrong people. And then all of a sudden, I got my shit together. I started having kids. When I had my first kid is when my shit, when I realized I had to get my shit together. So that's when I got my head out of the gutter and started getting my things together. And now I'm at this point where I'm, I'm like mentally in the strongest place. I, you can, there's no such thing as a bad day. Like it doesn't, the worse the day, the better for me. Like, it's like everything negative is a positive for me at this point in my life. So when I had this opportunity, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to prove to everybody that I, anybody can do anything, no matter where you came from and what you've been through 
everybody has the ability to fucking pick themselves up and do this. So it, after I actually won, it, it meant so much more to me than just like winning that event. Like it was like, I'm back. I've, I've, I've shown people that, that you can come back and recover and, and, and get yourself back to a point where you can win again. And like, it was such a crazy emotional experience for me. And that's why it took me a couple of weeks here settling in at home because it was just like, I even like, it's, you can see when I talk in those interviews after each fight, like even after the Parker fight, like I'm like trying not to cry. Like I'm like choking up as it's happening because I knew what was happening before that event. Like I knew I was winning and I knew all the hard work was done. I just needed to get my fucking reward at the end of the tunnel. And it was like, when it finally happened and I ripped my helmet off, it was just like the craziest bit of emotions. Just even thinking about it right now, it's, it's, it's a wild experience. And like I say, it was, it was a lot more, to me than just winning ice wars and being the ice wars heavyweight champ it was it was getting my life back inspiring people showing others that you know you don't have to just keep going down um there's just so much more to it than just winning ice wars so yeah it was a it was an amazing experience i got to share it with some of the people that i love the most like i had my family there my mom and dad a bunch of guys on my beer league team came out a bunch of friends and family guys i trained with they they all came out. I probably had like thirty or forty people at the fight. Oh, tell, yeah! Me, tell, so. tell me about it. I was sitting in the section with the Amesbury crew. Yeah, you were. <laughs> they were traveling. I had a couple. I swear, a couple of the boys there. They had the Amesbury shirts on. A couple of them, I think, were the drunkest guys in Western Canada. But they were fired oh, yeah. up. And I was going to say, out of everyone yeah. at that tournament, it, it was you and Swanson were the two most popular guys, without a doubt, in that tournament. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, we were we were, we were laughing at uh, yeah you, you your crew. You yeah. came you came deep, man. There's a lot of guys there. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah. My woman said my mom. My woman was telling me that she was just getting showered with liquor every time I every time I landed a big punch or, or I won a fight or whatever. Said my buddies were just jumping up and down, just throwing booze over their shoulders because they're so excited. Yeah, her, 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 covered in liquor. Yeah, her and me. Yeah, I know. I was yeah. right. In, I was right <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was cool, That's man. Hilarious. It was, co- and it was cool to see their excitement and. And, uh, no, man, that wasn't a, what a night. It was cool. It was, it was cool to meet you there. I'm sorry. We didn't have more time to talk, but like I said, you were, you, I know you were in all different directions and stuff and, uh, and everything, but, um, no, it's cool, well, I'm sure man. We'll get a chance down the road here to have another chat and oh, get to know each other a bit more. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I would like I won't keep you too much longer. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, I, I really want to thank you for coming on, and uh, yeah, man, that that was yeah, a great that, that was a great story, and I and I, I love seeing the the comeback. And uh, oh, I got to ask you one last thing: Diamond Hands. Where where did you get that, and what does it mean? Who came up with that? So. It was one of my buddies. It, we were just AJ was like, "Hey, what's your nickname?" Like, I need a nickname, and I was like, "I wanted to think of something different." Like, a lot of guys called me Painsbury in lacrosse. People yeah, call me Painsbury. And then when I was in the states, they uh, in Columbus, they called me Danimal. But I was like, you know, my buddy, we, we were just thinking like, "Fuck, let's try and think of a good promotion name, like a good you know fighter name or whatever." And I'm into crypto, right? Like, pretty yeah. heavily into crypto and. The crypto thing is diamond hands. Like if you hang on to something and you you don't make your money till till it launches, right? Everybody sells sells early and they don't make any money. So and I'm like pretty big into the crypto thing. So and I and I always had a reputation for cutting guys up really good. 
So, so my buddy's like, what about diamond hands? Like, you know, you cut guys up from your fights and you got lots of crypto and you hang on to all your crypto. You know, you ride that wave until it fucking sinks. He's like, what about diamond hands? I was like, that's a fucking sick name. And then my chick was like, yeah, I think it's diamond hands. And then next thing you know, my kids are running around the house calling me diamond hands daddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how it happened. It was kind of just a mix between my crypto and and fighting. And it was, I think, it was a suitable nickname because, you know, even Lizon was a good one. He's like, hey, I need one of your shirts. And he's like, the reason being is because you cut me wide open when we fought. So it sounded like it was a pretty good one. So well, there, there we go. I had to ask. I had to ask. There you go. Well, man. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I hopefully this won't be the last time you come on I'll, when they uh, when they announce the, uh, the the next one. I I, I want to get you back yeah, on 100%. and get and get and get your feelings on uh, you know because I mean obviously I'm thinking there'll be kind of a new crop of guys and uh, you know I'll get your feelings on a few things if you if you want to. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'd love to come back and have a chat. That'd hey, do you have any more of those t-shirts? Yeah, I'll have to dig. I don't know what I got for sizes, but I might have to get some more made anyways. What size do you need? Well, I, there's a. I got a few. I got a few jokers that'll uh, that were asking me about those shirts. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to you off. Yeah, yeah, off air. I'll talk get, to you about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, All right, we'll talk. I'll get some uh, some more done up. Excellent. All Thanks right, Daniel. Good to I'll, talk to you. Yeah, you too, man. I'll let you go. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. I'll talk to you soon. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?